Welcome back to another episode of the State of E-Commerce. My name is Robert Rungan, and today I'm gathered by two very special guests, Shane Morris and James Nelson from GS1 US. Today we're going to explore the Data Hub feature, the ins and outs of it, and answer all of your questions. That's coming up next on the State of E-Commerce. So we got a really awesome episode today. Shane, thanks for being on the show. James, thanks for joining me. How are you guys today? Doing good. Excited to be here. Yep. Thank you, Robert. Um, we appreciate you having us back. I I appreciate you guys being on the show. It's always been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I, I really miss Megan on this episode, but uh, wish her my wish her my best. And um, we're going to be talking about an interesting concept today, right? About really how to manage your, your G10s all in one place and really the reasons why you want to do that. You know, Shane, can you speak to that? Sure. You know, on one of the past episodes, we've spoken about our Data Hub tool, and this is a it's free to any member who licenses either single G10s or prefixes. And remember, prefixes are those capacities of G10s. Well, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, uh, but today what we wanted to do is give your audience a live demo um, and really kind of just take them through the journey. So it's like the journey starts with how do I gain access? Um, what do you see for the first time when you log in? How do you create products? How do you assign GTIN? So if you, when we will take this from a prefix perspective, so if you have a capacity of 10 or 100 GTINs, how do you, how do you assign those GTINs to your products? Um, some of the other relevant attributes that are in Data Hub um, that can live with your product throughout its life cycle, throughout its entire life cycle. Um, then, you know, so... Again, we've explained on your show before that G10 is different than a UPC barcode. That G10 is embedded in the barcode. We're going to show you how to create a UPC barcode in Data Hub. Um, we're going to also, if we have time, show you how to export your product catalog because it's a great, what it does is you build great attributes or attributes for your product catalog that then is going to, you know, the attribution today extends I feel like it's miles to the right, you know, anymore. But so, but Data Hub, what it does is it allows for some really good core attributes that then you can export into your system and then, you know, create additional attribution off to the right. Bane, so you're telling us that we've got an action-packed episode today for our listeners, all about G10s, all about catalog management. And James, really quickly, tell us more about what you do specifically at GS1 US. Sure. So I'm a solutions consultant here at GS1 US. And what I do is I demo the tool. I help brands manage their content and get it ready to be um, shared with their trading partners. So happy, um, happy to be here to show you the tool. That's an essential part of the operations. And I'm so excited to share the tool with everybody. So we'll just jump in. Um, yeah, while James is getting ready to share his screen, I think the first question is, is you know, we get from members is, how do I get access to Data Hub? And so when you when you license either a single GTIN from us or a prefix, you're going to get an email confirmation about that you've licensed it from us that will ask you to come in and set up your account, your MyGS1 account, if you haven't done so uh, up to this point. Within once you set up that account from that email, you're going to have access to not only your MyGS1, that's where you're going to manage your account. You'll also have access to Data Hub, 
Um, it's the same username and login, so you'll have access, and then James is going to show you once you log in what you're going to see for the first time, which is your dashboard. All right. So when you first log in the Data Hub, um, this is the first thing you'll see, right? So what stands out here is your G10 capacity, right? Your available G10. So um, this is a mock account where I bought a uh, 10 capacity prefix, which means I can create 10 new PCs. And here I've used, you can see I have 10 available and I've used zero. Uh, one thing to note on the right here is you can actually print your identifier certificate. And this is something that maybe if you're selling on Amazon, you may be asked for. So just a quick way to pull that, uh, that certificate. Um, and that helps with identifying, you know, you are the person that should be loading uh, this particular product. So um, to create a product, the easiest way to do it is to click this button. I'm new. Help me create a barcode. Right? It'll take you to product. And this is the tool where you you'll be able to create new products, manage existing products, and um, archive products no longer on the market. So I'll click on add a new product. And we're the the UPC the barcode setup. Um, it's laid out in four different steps, right? So we're going to add in our basic product information. We're going to assign a G10, uh, um, enhance the data, and then add your product dimensions, right? And then once we do that, um, we'll save it, set it to in use, and you'll be able to print it off your barcode. So we'll start with the product description. Um, so with the product description, one thing to keep in mind is when it's not not mandatory, but when you're writing it, uh, best practice is to start with your brand name, a variable. So in this case, it's a V-neck, black, medium, and then T-shirt, right? So you got your brand name included, um, a variable to describe the item, and then you actually call out what the item is. Then for the brand name, I will say these are Shane shirts brand um industry we have a few different options here um general cpg which stands for consumer um package goods this is um the most common commonly used um industry in our tool and you can think of this as like when you go to maybe a big box uh, retail store um the little packages you pick up off the shelves or your local grocery store that would be considered cpg we're creating a t-shirt in this example, so I'm going to choose apparel. Oh, and just one thing to note for, uh, don't choose regulated healthcare um, because you don't want the FDA knocking on your door, right? It's not a <laughs> Unless you are. <laughs> Unless you are, right. So we'll choose apparel. Um, SKU, this is just an internal uh, identification number that your company uses. And James, you're bringing up some really good points because this is so intuitive and so simple, right? Uh, and I know you're working with people inside every day. When it comes to the naming convention that you put forward, you know, why would someone uh, who may or may not have catalog management experience want to know specifically about uh, this naming convention or best practices that you put forth or you mentioned? Right. So, you know, with us as GS, us as GS1 US, we work with a lot of retailers and e-tailers in the space and they, 
they send us some recommendations our way of the best way to uh, write that product description to kind of get more clicks, right? Because that's what you want, you want more exposure. Mm-hmm. So we decided if, if that's what the retailers and retailers want, why not start from the beginning with the um, catalog management tool and write it out um, the, correctly at first. That, that makes perfect sense. And, and so uh, if if people follow the same naming convention uh, with their products in G10 for catalog management, it's much easier to manage uh, at a at a glance and manage multiple spreadsheets of data very easily and very quickly to be able to segment through. Um, so really, really, really good points there. And thank you. That that's good um, comment, Robert. Um, the the thing that I like to explain to people is that product description isn't a mark. It, it's not your typical marketing description. It's it's segmented in that best practice way for identification on the back end. You know, so how some of these big marketplaces are indexing products, and then as searches happen, there's it's set up that way for index. You know, for search results. No, it's really progressive. I like it. Uh, so, and what else do we have to do to finish this out? You said packaging level. We're at packaging level. Right. So a packaging level, you have a few different options here. Um, for an item meant to be sold, maybe at point of sale or directly to a consumer, like on a marketplace, you would choose an each. And then, you know, higher level packaging, the most common would be a case. So maybe you have, you know, 24 um, T-shirts in a case. Right, so you you would want to build out both products. So we'll start with the each year. I'm gonna we'll, I'm gonna butt in again because I like to talk about data. Um, so the you'll notice on this screen there are some required fields for this product to live in Data Hub that you have to fill out. Some of those that aren't required, uh, industry for example. Again, when he did the drop down, if you don't see something that matches to your industry, there is one that says general. You can select that. SKU to me is very important coming from the brand side because when you start loading up Data Hub, let's say you license that 10 capacity prefix and then you're growing and scaling and you go get 100 and you go get 1,000, this is going to be a huge database of your products. And I know as a brand, you you don't recognize products when you're looking at a, you know, a file on your computer by the GTIN. You recognize it by your internal SKU. You know, you're, it's intuitive for you as a brand owner, so I always just recommend to make sure you populate that field. All right. No, no you bring up some really good points. Like, And, and because uh, the SKU number is going to be tied to every single product all over the world, um, so the idea is like to, to make sure that you have your SKU number tied to your product description using the uh, right nomenclature or naming structure um, that's essential for catalog management as you grow. Yeah, and the, the, your SKU is your proprietary name. I mean, it's just that it's the most recognizable to you as a brand, you know, and then the G10 is that the global trade item number is what's going to be attached and uniquely identify your product globally. So, correct. Yep. All right, James. Sorry. No worries. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to finish off this page, um, we have just a few indicators here. So is this purchasable uh, by a consumer, right? We're going to say yes, because this product I can buy it online or I can buy it in a store. 
uh, variable measure. Um, we're going to set this to no, and this is for items that could vary in weight. So think like cases of deli meat that you would pick up at your you know local grocery store. Those items vary in weight, so we would turn this flag on for those. And then for shipping purposes, this is usually for cases and pallets, right? The upper level of packaging that you're going to ship, but me as a consumer couldn't actually buy. Think of variable measures as more so food, grocery, grains, powders, uh, things like that, Uh, liquids, um, anything that's that really can can go any can weigh anything at any given point in time there's no set standard of measurement for it um as the and the shipping purposes what was the for shipping purposes exactly right so for shipping purposes this is used for higher level of packaging so we're creating our new pc right now but when we create that gs1128 the case that's actually going to be shipped um we would mark Ship is uh, shipping purposes for yes. Understood. Understood. Right. So with all of that, that's step one complete, right? So basic product information. So now we'll move on. So for step two, um, it's all it's just assigning your G10. So when you purchase a prefix from us, uh, we have the block of numbers that's available for you to use. So this is the, you have three options to assigning. We're only going to go over the first one right now, but it's let us assign your G10. And here we'll just use the next G10 in line and the system will create a G10 for you and it'll uh, create a UPC for you, right? So um, pretty quick, but that's step two. So now we can save and continue. And step three, so we're halfway there. Um, We're going to enhance our product data. So these are when we get into some of those optional attributes. Um, But again, you know, you still want to fill these out to give yourself a better chance at exposure and to help you with your G10 management, right? To have all of your data in one place and validated by GS1. And Robert, a lot of these attributes that we're saying are required when you're dealing with a trading partner, a retailer, a marketplace, a 3PL, they're required. You know, so it's like they're, somebody's going to require it. We're just not requiring it. So, again, it's like just good business practice to, to go ahead and start here. You, you bring up some really good points. And, and, like, you know I'm the data guy, right? But I'm also going to play the role of, hey, you know, I'm, I'm new. I'm emerging, right? I'm a growing brand. Um why do why should I spend my time here, which you just answered, uh, because as you grow, uh, bigger retailers and, and different people are looking for this type of data specifically. And, uh, you know, I've always learned that the money's in the details. Um, and so if you can keep everything organized together in a right way, especially in a growing business, um, that is so complex and 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 sophisticated. Uh, it's essential to have an integrate a, a platform that integrates with you and grows with you to manage your catalog. Yep, that's right. 
So um, just real quick, when we're looking at this image URL and, and the, the global product classification, can you speak a little bit more about that, like the, the classification? Sure. So this is a GS1 US um, standardized field, and it's an eight-digit category code, right? So when you put in this code, um, whoever's looking at your data will know this item falls in this category. So we have a GPC browser here. So when I click on it, it takes me uh, to this page and I can just type in a keyword. So here I typed in T-shirt and then I was returned a Brit code for shirts, blouses, polos, and T-shirts. So I know my item falls in this category. So I should use this brick for categorization. You took the next question out of my mouth. I was literally going to ask you, hey, how do you, how do you know which... Uh which number to use i'm sorry hey robert this is a so these the global product classification is a it's a global standard so it's another kind of standardized way to attribute uh attribution for products that are you know and this is used across the world it's think of it as like taxonomy it helps large platforms retailers um marketplaces you know categorize product in and index them in in within their categories, so. No, this is absolutely fantastic. And the functionality that you all put together behind this and keeping it together in a nice way, this is this is absolutely wonderful. All right, so we chose one for our net content and then the unit of measure, um, we're gonna use count uh, for t-shirts, you know, that makes sense. But, you know, say you have uh, a food product, maybe you want um, 16 ounces for a water bottle, or, um, or I'm sorry, 16 fluid ounces for a water bottle or a pound of uh, chicken or um, maybe use 16 ounces uh, for, for food. Um, yeah. And then for target market, so this is intended for where the product is actually going to be sold. So we're going to sell it in the United States, this product, but let's say you're expanding to... Um, Canada, our friends up north. You put in Canada, and you can put in up to fifty different target markets. So this is a a uh, multi-select uh, drop-down, which is essential, uh, especially if you have product lines, right, uh, that you're selling in one marketplace. Say you're going to Europe or Australia or any of the the countries worldwide, you could come in here and uh, select those markets and associate that with your um, product, correct? Exactly, exactly. So the last bit here um, for product descriptions and um, brand names, if you have a different language, uh, you could put that here. Right. So let's say this is going to uh, Canada. So maybe it needs to be in English and French. So we did English on step one, the first page. <clears throat> so now we can put in French uh, here. I do not speak French, so I will not be uh, putting in a, a, a description in a different language, but you could. Okay. So and then for sub brand, um, this would be, you know, another line. Uh, underneath the brand, 
Um, so for this example, you will use uh, conformity. And just one question about this, because the the product description there, there's another product description short. Is this a an extension of right, so the existing? So should we put if for the French example, should we put uh like maybe uh brackets F R brackets and then the rest continues the same as is? Is that the a standardized naming convention, or do you have best practices or insights on that? This that for the product short description is just a that that doesn't have anything to do with the with the um the language. It's just a shorter description. Sometimes it's like you know before based on the naming convention where it was brand variables what the product is. This would just be black V neck T shirt or black v-net you know just a, a short description and then uh, the sub is go ahead i just wanted to clarify for anybody that was you know maybe listening or watching out there because you know i've seen problem description twice and i wanted to make sure that nobody uh made that same mistake that i did so no but that's a good point so you won't have to use brackets for the different languages um you could enter the text and then use our um, unit of measure here for the language and set it to French. The drop down. Yeah. The drop down. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, save and continue and move on to the last step, um, which is the measurement. Right. So this will be the measurements for the um, t shirt. So we'll do eight by four by two inches. And then the, uh, we'll put in our weight. So the net weight, this will be the weight without the packaging. And then the gross weight will be the weight of the item plus the packaging. So it may be um, a bit uh, heavier than and then your net. And then I'll say ounces. And then you've just completed the uh, four steps to create a, a, a barcode. So from here... You'll want to save, set your product to end use. And what this does is it shares it with um, different uh, organizations on the GS1 US uh, platform. So they, they can actually pull and look at your product details that you've loaded. Okay. And then here uh, you can view your barcode. So here, uh, next step, you'll just view your barcode. Um, and then you'll say application area. Uh, this is meant for uh, retail grocery cash checkout. Then the barcode type, we'll use a UPCA. And then we have your size here. And then you can preview your barcode. And voila, you have an image of your barcode that you can download provide to your labeler to put on your different packages. James, really, really, really great stuff on the Data Hub. Super intuitive, super simple. A uh, couple questions when it comes to uh, uploading all this data, right? I know it's a few clicks of a button and inputting a few numbers, but are we able to do this at scale? And are we able to do this by like a CSV uh, upload, right? Because as a 
busy business owner um, and like delegating these tasks, I feel that sometimes information can get uh, a loss and I want to go fast, right? I want to get through my products up there fast. Is there any way to, to do a mass upload? Uh, yes, there is. So the same attributes that you saw me put into uh, the GUI or the website version, you can put into a spreadsheet and upload it right into the tool. Can you show me? Uh, sure. So back on the products page, all you have to do is click on import products. And then download our import template. And the same attributes that you populated uh, on the screen um, or, or that we populated together on the screen, you can populate in this spreadsheet. You know, you can do thousands of times, uh, however large your catalog is, one-time upload, and um, your all of your G10s will be assigned. And then also, once you load those products into the tool and you want your own uh, product catalog, um, your own spreadsheet of everything, you can come here and export all your products for you to use internally or, um, you know, share with your trading partners. So you would export all products, click on this cloud with the uh, down button in it. Click on the blue link with your file. And then um, you'll have your, your uh, spreadsheet with all of your product uh, uh, data that you've loaded. That was, that was absolutely incredible. And, you know, being able to do a bulk upload is great, but also what's amazing about data hub is that it also supports the small guys as well right so the guys that might not have all this information readily available say they do go through the process right so now they can go through and upload or download that template after it's already ready to be able to share with all these many all these retailers um that they're looking to go into their stores and sell products through right um, this, this, this tool is really, really, really powerful. And I think like just really quickly though, I, I kind of wanted to kind of ask, like, I know you guys are, are speaking with people every single day that have issues with catalogs and barcodes. What are some of the, the most commonly asked questions that you guys get on a daily basis when it comes to data hub and even catalog management? Well, I, I mean, you know, what's funny is that I, I can tell you the most common questions and um, because we talk to our member services. So the absolute most common question is, how do I log into data? <laughs> so, you know, they, I mean, that's like the number one. Um, the, I think the second one is, is uh, that they often ask is, um, you know, once they're registered with GS1 US, let's say they get that prefix of capacity of 10. It's like, where do I get my barcodes? Like they, you know, the the thought process is I'm just going to get these these UPC barcodes where you're actually getting a prefix to generate global trade item numbers, which are then put into a barcode. 
And so we, you know, that's the question is then how do I, how do I get my barcode from my GTIN? Those are probably the most common um, questions we get from, you know, small, medium-sized businesses. No, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. And then like uh, James, on your end, you know, uh, being the solutions architect, like what kind of questions are, are you getting? Right. So one of the questions um, similar to yours is, you know, I've load. Okay. Thanks for showing me how to load all this content. How can I do it a little quicker? Right. So they want to know about our imports uh, spreadsheets. Um, some of them have their own PIM system. So maybe they want to uh, use other technology to feed into data hub. And we enable that whether it's through um, APIs or GDSN. Um, yeah. So, no matter where you are in the process, where you're, whether you're clicking it in one by one, you know, using a spreadsheet, you want to use APIs or spreadsheets, um, or APIs or GDSN. Those are some of the more in-depth questions that I have to tackle on a day-to-day -day basis. What's the easiest and quickest way for you to get this data uh, into our tool um, to manage and share? And it seems like the best answer that that it is is like. You know, we'll we'll do whatever it takes to be able to to get you the data you need, and uh, I, I really like that approach uh, with the team at GS1 US. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible uh, working with you guys. And just for anybody that's listening and watching right now, if you need any help with uh, barcodes, G10s, or anything like that, I'll leave the links in the description box below this video. If you need to purchase uh, a barcode, there'll also be a link in the description box below this video for that, as well as a link to the GS1 US channel. Um, and, and Shane, just in closing, uh, I really appreciate your being on the show. James, thank you so much for your time. You guys have any, any final thoughts or words to say? Um, my final thought is we, you know, it is, it's pretty intuitive, but the first time you get on there, you know, you're, luckily we have that little bubble in the prompts that will help you go through. Um, we do have some good resources, so we'll make sure that we send you those links also. So even just YouTube video, you know, where it kind of takes you through that process as well. Most importantly about GS1 US is if you license your GTINs from us, you are a member, you can always call, like literally pick up the phone and call our member services, and they'll help you walk through as well. So we'll make sure that phone numbers and their email address is there as well. That, that's absolutely wonderful. And James, you got any final thoughts or anything to share with anybody listening or watching? Yeah, I'll just say, you know, we're here to help you um, with your data, no matter where you are in the process, just give us a call. And if you do give us a call and you speak to me, uh, let me know if State of E-Commerce sent you here. So uh, um, that'll be pretty interesting. Hey, thank you guys again for your time. Have a wonderful day. And if you really want to learn about barcodes and leveling up your barcode game, then watch this video next where I sat down with Shane and Megan and we tell you everything you need to know from A to Z about barcodes. Just click the video you see on the screen and I'll see you there.